Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You might have heard in our previous episode... Our 100th episode, that is, oh my gosh, this is episode 101, that Sean Kanan, in the beginning of the episode, dropped a pretty sweet stinger. Well, he's today's guest. He's joining us to talk about his books, his career in Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, Bold and the Beautiful, all that good stuff and more. Sean Kanan, of course, you may most well know him as... Mike, the bad boy of Karate Barnes, the villain of Karate Kid 3, um, and now also on Cobra Kai, showing his, uh, his good sides, his human sides, which is what we, what we all want to see. Me personally, I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see some, uh, some multiple you know, dimensions. I don't like when bad guys are just bad. I like when it's like, oh, he's kind of good. Yeah, one of the things about Cobra Kai that's pretty cool is they really flesh out some of the characters over time that you always wondered about. Like, what happened to Bad Boy Barnes? Well, you find out in the new season of Cobra Kai, and uh, Sean, you know, touches upon that just a little bit. He's an amazing writer, though. He's written a series of books. If you go into our show notes, you'll find a link to his website so you can order them. But he talks about Way of the Cobra, and he talks about his new book, Welcome to the Kumite. The guy has a very cool outlook on life. I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised to have him on the show. He does. A total positive, inspiring dude. You know, um, we talk about this a lot in, in previous episodes. And those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, you know that we focus on positivity. We, you know, we, we enter through the lens of nostalgia, but we really focus on all the good and, and all the uh, you know, themes of gratitude. We marvel at when we were kids, like, oh, why did we like this? Or, you know, or what is that thing? And right, maybe we rewatch it. And we're like, oh, that's kind of kind of weird. It doesn't it doesn't play as well. But it's always about the positive things and, and all the things that we do like and the things that we still like today. And I think Sean really emphasizes that uh, in his path as an actor, as a husband, as a, a life coach, as a motivator, uh, as someone who has had a tough journey and continues to overcome those things, helping others aspire to be the, their best selves. It's just nice to see someone overcoming odds and prevailing and giving back, because isn't that the whole point of life? This episode was really fun, too, because we're doing something we normally hold exclusively to our Patreon page. We did a $2 six-question segment with Sean. You'll hear questions from the fans, the listeners, to Sean about his life, his movies, etc., etc. If you want to become a Patreon, please go sign up. There's a link in the show notes to that as well. As you can hear in this episode, 
it's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, one other note I'll just say about the Patreon is like it's an interactive community. We have a lot of different segments that interact, including a monthly live trivia show that takes various forms. And we just really appreciate you guys. You know, the show really has continued to grow thanks to you. People are getting the word out about, you know, oh, 80s movies. What? It's just like that. What? Oh, Zach um, and Dustin. I know those guys. I know those guys. Um, yeah. So thanks. Thanks to everybody. And thanks to Sean Cannon for, for coming on. But, but as Zach said, it's like this is uh, a very concise, uplifting beautiful little little pod that helps us support martial arts madness all month long in march uh, you go to our social media we got stuff there obviously the show runs every week it's it's not normally weekly but we run it weekly this is just kind of becoming like a holiday for us uh, an annual holiday it is we're knee deep into it we're this is our third week we got one more after this Sheldon Ledich will be joining us next week, so stay tuned for that one. And we hope you've enjoyed this month-long celebration of martial art movies, all the people that we love that are associated with this amazing genre. So, uh, yeah, enjoy getting your ass kicked by Sean Kanan. Just kidding. He's not going to kick your ass. But he will if you don't listen to this podcast. Right. And again, if, had you not said just kidding, I think everybody would have thought they were going to get their ass kicked. So I'm really glad that you said just kidding immediately. This is my problem. I'm, I'm too um, nice. I just, you just I can't pull the trigger. You're like, I, I just don't want them to be offended. Like they think he's going to kick their ass. So I'll just, I'll just, you're going to get your ass kicked by just uh, by Sean Kennedy. Just kidding. Y'all know my neuroses at this point. Enjoy, everybody. Enjoy. Oh, boy. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. Congrats! You found $2 Late Fee, the best 80s movies podcast in the world. We revisit our favorite 80s movies. And sometimes 90s. And soundtracks from our youth. And then we interview our favorite people who help make them. All in the spirit of nostalgic positivity. Thanks for listening. did a movie with my buddy Tyler Olson. Uh, it was a it was a it was a Bruce Willis flick. Um, oh, Tyler, he's a he's a producer, right? Yeah, he's a producer. Yeah, he was a really cool dude. I really enjoyed uh, getting to know. We we sort of lost touch. Um, I did. Uh, they changed the title. That's why I'm. I'm uh, one was called The Fortress. Yeah. And one was called um, Survive the Game. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they did. Uh, uh, they did three Bruce Willis films in Puerto Rico, sort of one right after the other. Was it a fun experience for you? It was a great experience. I mean, yeah, come on. I grew up with Bruce Willis. I mean, it was like a, a bucket list thing to not only be able to do one film, but I, I you know, I got back to the States and um, my friend who was the director of, of both said, all right, you know what? We're, we're going to put you in this other one too. And I was like, That's, you know, this was 2020 when... You know, the world had gone to shit. Right. Yep. And I mean, you know, being an actor in 2020 was not real easy. 
And I was just, I mean, blessed, man. I mean, that's how my year started, back-to-back films with Bruce. And then, you know, I wound up getting back on The Bold and the Beautiful. And I wound up doing Cobra Kai. And I did a Lifetime movie. I mean, it was a, it was a monster, monster year for me. And um, I, you know, I don't tell people that a whole lot because <laughs> a lot of people are like, you know, fuck you. I was, <laughs> no. you know, I put 40 pounds on and basically watched the entire Hulu catalog. so i am really fortunate right so you had no downtime basically in the pandemic you you continued shooting in puerto rico no and and i was finishing uh i think i was finishing way the cobra was done i finished way the cobra and uh here yeah and started on welcome to the kumite amazing oh that's your new book that's your new book that's my new book okay first of all first of all i i know i know that feeling of like oh my gosh all the chaos is going around us we should feel like we don't want to tout the positive things that were happening to us because we don't want anybody to feel bad or whatever like humble bragging you know i mean yeah right yeah i think it's a good thing it's a good thing i'm just happy that you're so successful right now and and happy for your success it's great to see people achieving their dreams doing what they want to do and having success come from that you know it was really important to me that i made the decision when the whole pandemic thing started that to the best of my ability that i was not just going to survive i was going to find a way to thrive and you know when i do share some of the stuff that i that i accomplished during that time i do it because you know that's that's part of my brand that's part of my whole deal with way the cobra is you know circumstances are never perfect um, that, you know, the second pillar of way the Cobra is optimization, which is, you know, not waiting for the optimal moment to make a move. You, you look at the cards you're dealt and, and it's, it's about playing a lousy hand sometimes to the best of your ability. Yeah. And so, you know, when I share stuff like that, it's, it's to inspire people and say, look, this is what's possible. You know, I'm, I'm no more, I'm no more spectacular than you. You can do this. You just have to want it and take action. I'm happy for you in that's in that regard. I mean, you've been in this business for over 30 years now, and it's a trip that you've 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 had. I'm sure a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, you know, and you and I was looking back at your book, The Way of the Cobra, which I bought by the way, which I think people should go out and get. Um, it's it's inspiring to have a set of tools moving forward with whatever you're doing in life, whatever makes you happy, right? Right. No, absolutely. I mean. You know, my, my acting teacher, um, his name is Roy London, uh, and he used to say something that was really profound. He said, I have more in common with a successful plumber than I do with an unsuccessful acting teacher. And mm-hmm. what he meant by that was there are certain common denominators, certain things that you need to do to become successful no matter what you do. I guarantee there's certain things that I do in my life that, you know, somebody who's a major league baseball player does, somebody who is a really successful teacher does, whatever it is, you know, there are just certain things that, that you have to do. And it doesn't matter what your um, chosen profession is, um, you know, and, and it all starts with character. I think it starts with your character. It starts with, you know, who you are and what you're committed to. But then there's specific strategies too. And one of the things I talk about in the book that had a really profound change in my life was when I started getting up early. 
Um, you know, uh, I, I think that the ability to get up like 90 minutes earlier than maybe you usually do has a profound effect on the trajectory of your day. You know, it's, it's before kind of all the external bombastic chaos of the day starts hitting you. You're building in like another 90 minutes in your day to get stuff done, you know, set your intention for the day, do a little meditating, center yourself, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, as an actor, for a long, long time, I erroneously operated under the uh, idea that, you know, if I didn't have to wake up early for work or if I didn't have an audition or blah, 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 I could sleep in till 10, 10, 30. And, you know, I, I guarantee that no one who is, you know, really kicking ass is sleeping in till 11 o'clock in the morning. Nope. Right. And then I say, look, but if, if, all that was necessary was to wake up early. Then every kid who wakes up early to watch cartoons on a Saturday would be a captain of industry. I mean, right. it, it takes more than that, but that's a really, really good start doing that. And, and you know, like I'm a firm believer that some of what I teach in my book is philosophy. And I think philosophy helps us um, understand ourselves, understand our relationship to the world, ask the bigger questions, but philosophy without applicable strategy is, is impotent. I mean, it lives in your head. You need to tie that to nuts and bolts, battle-tested strategy. Strategy without the philosophy to govern it is like, you know, it's like a wildly slashing katana that does all sorts of damage but never finds its mark. So you really need to um, uh, have both of those two things work in tandem. And, and that's a lot of what I talk about in Way of the Cobra. That's really interesting. You know, to, to your point, so Tim, Tim Ferriss, you know, who originally wrote the, uh, the four hour work week, he interviewed mm -hmm. like, I think it was like a hundred supremely successful people in all of their fields. And there were two things that they all had in common. And one of them was they all got up early mm -hmm. and, and many of them didn't need that much sleep to survive. Uh, right. to, not survive, but, you know, operate, right. <laughs> function uh, in society. And the second thing was that they all had some kind of meditation or mindfulness practice with themselves. Yeah, it's important because, you know, there's so much monkey chatter that goes on in our heads now more than ever, you know, especially like with social media and the Internet. And, you know, we live in a society now that is, um, you know, information comes at lightning speed you know, nanosecond information blasts that we're constantly being bombarded with. And, and you got to be able to just take a minute and center yourself and shut that stuff out. And it's yeah. in those, it's in those moments of silence when we kind of hear the message from the universe, you know, not to get all woo woo, but you know, when we're still, when we're quiet, you tend to hear, you learn things about yourself, like what your Dharma is, what is that thing you're meant to do? And, and if you're constantly engaged in, um, you know, information and, and you're constantly in a kinetic state, um, you miss a lot of stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Sean, I love that. Um, where do you get some of your philosophy from? Where have you, where have you well, sourced I've, this from? I've started this new thing, which has been really successful. Um, I've started using um, a content calendar, both for my personal uh, Instagram, uh, which is uh, at Sean Kane, I think that's what it is, um, and, uh, and Way of the Cobra. And what I'm doing with that is providing content that's motivational, inspirational, strategic, all that sort of stuff. 
if you want to find out the nuts and bolts of, of you know, what Way of the Cobra is all about, um, you can order the book on Amazon or get it at wayofthecobra.com if you'd like to get an autographed personalized copy. And my new book, Welcome to the Kumite, which is, it's really terrific. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'm not patting myself on the shoulder, but there's, there's ah, go ahead, go ahead. Phenomenal information in this book that I wanted to share. And that's only available at wayofthecobra.com. Nice. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. look, our 100th episode was Bloodsport. And I referenced Bloodsport in the new book because a lot of people say, what is the Kumite? And Kumite refers to um, uh, a traditional modality of training in martial arts where you're preparing for combat. But we all know Kumite uh, from... Uh, uh, Jean-Claude's work, yeah. uh, uh, you know, as this, this epic battle. And the, the tagline for Welcome to the Kumite is learn to conquer your greatest opponent, which of course is yourself. The entire book is about how to become a better version of yourself. And to do that, you need to basically experience a metaphoric death every day, extinguishing the person you were yesterday mm. to be reborn as, you know, um, uh, 2.0, 2.1, 2 2.2, 2 .2, et cetera, always working to become a better version of who you were uh, the day before. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thanks. I have a, my son is eight and, um, you know, we're watching Saturday morning cartoons where we're doing all the things that I got to do as a kid that I love so much. And we were watching this show and, and the, the, the character was talking about how everything that happened yesterday, it's gone. That moment that you just had, it's gone. It was really deep and philosophical, and I thought about that. It, it is so true. You do extinguish that person you had, who you were yesterday. You should extinguish it. Not everyone does. You know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed from my coaching clients is people have trouble living in the present. And you know, when you when you dwell on the past, you're thinking about things that you're regretful for. Um, it causes you know shame and depression and all that stuff. And if you're anxious, it's because you're worrying about the future. And of course, the future is unknown. And so by staying in the present, uh, it, it obviously keeps you focused. And it also takes away a lot of the mental baggage that so many people struggle with. Um, and you know, for me, one of the, the easiest ways to stay in the present, and this is part of my morning routine, and this isn't a philosophical discussion, you know, believe in God, don't believe in God, whatever. But I start my day on my knees you know, thanking my creator for five things that I'm grateful for, you know, and it could be something as simple as, wow, I, you know, I'm looking at my dog in the bed. I'm really grateful that I, I have this great little pooch or my wife or, you know, I've got a great job to go to or my family. And, and, you know, when you're thinking about things that you're grateful for, you're rooted in the present and you, you don't think about all the other uh, Michigas. You're speaking our love language right now. That, that is true. Zach, what cartoon told you this Ad bit of Adventure wisdom? time, actually. <laughs> Adventure Time. <laughs> Which is a wacky okay. ass show, but at the base of it, there's a lot of depth there and it sparked this discussion and we both were getting choked up. Bodhi goes, I'm getting choked up, you know, and you hear an eight-year-old verbalize that. Eight-year-old. But Sean, we, we practice that daily. We say we're grateful for what we have, not what that. we want. And, um, and the gratitude, I think, often gets overlooked or not appreciated. You know, Los Angeles is a difficult city to live in and, and maintain gratitude and, and working in Hollywood exacerbates that. Mm -hmm. and, and by that, I mean, it's really, really 
easy to get into that mentality of the grass is always greener and someone has more. And, you know, I, I wish I came up with this. I didn't. But somebody said the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And, it, right. and it's true. You know, I, I talk about in my new book, um, um, Welcome to the Kumite. I, I tell a story about how I was in acting class with Brad Pitt. And, uh, you know, I say, obviously, our careers have taken very different turns. I'm obviously pacing myself. But, you know, <laughs> if <laughs> much more selective with the blockbuster t-shirts. Um, <laughs> yes, as but, you should be. If, if, I, if I compared myself to Brad Pitt's career, I would be in a perpetual state of feeling less than and, and as a yeah. failure. And the only person, the only person that you need to compete against is yourself. I mean, that's all. Yeah. Listen, I say in my book, a lot of stuff that you're going to hear might sound new. None of it is. Everything I'm going to tell you is ingrained in your DNA. You intuitively know it. You may not have discovered it yet. You may have forgotten it. But you know everything that I'm going to say. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're 16 and your dad's giving you some really good advice. But you can't hear it because you're you're in that. What about you, dad? Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that, that whole that whole deal. Yeah. And and. I, I think that sometimes it's the packaging and the messenger that finally allows somebody to, um, you know, digest a really good yeah. message. And so a lot of what I'm doing in my books is repackaging stuff that's really, really good information. Um, not all of which is mine. A lot of it is mine. Um, a lot of it is stuff that has had a profound effect on me and I'm kind of transmitting it in, in, in my way. And it's the way that I'm doing it, I think, that people are responding to. Well, what I love about that is who you are as a person. You have a fan base. You have a particular fan base. And you're using your platform to preach positivity. You know, uh, just like yeah. Diamond Dallas Page was a professional wrestler and became a yoga instructor and turned people on to yeah. who yeah. normally wouldn't be into yoga, right? And yeah. now they're taking good yeah. care of their bodies. You're doing the same. Maybe yeah. people that might not buy into a particular philosophy or, a, you know, oh, that's too like, uh, you know, spiritual for me, man. But then Sean, but yeah. oh, but, but bad boy Barnes did this. So this is cool. Like, who cares <laughs> what the gateway is to get you to that end point? What a beautiful opportunity you're giving these people to, to, to kind of tap into something that maybe they wouldn't consider. And, you know, I, I, I say in my book, too, before you think I'm you know, living on top of a mountain in Kathmandu, meditating three feet above the ground. I've made every mistake in this book a dozen yeah. times. I mean, I have for a long time was the guy that literally had to bang his head against the door to learn something. And, you know, the genesis of the first book was, you know, I'd had some pretty good success. I'd had some epic failures. And uh, from the outside, it looked like I had a pretty good life. I mean, I had a, a loving wife and great family and, and a career that looked pretty good. But I knew that I was rapidly slipping into mediocrity. Oh, um, I, at one point was, you know, I was 35 pounds yeah. overweight. I had no, uh, no possibilities for work. I was dealing with some, some demons and I realized I had to do some things very differently, very quickly, mm -hmm. or I was going to run the risk of losing everything, but most importantly, losing the idea that I've always carried about who I was meant to be. And so I, I made some pretty significant changes that were simple, but not easy. Uh, everything I teach in the book is simple. It's yeah. not easy. Um, 
And in, in the course of that one year, um, I completed my second book, which was Success Factor X, which became an Amazon new release bestseller. I lost the 35 pounds and uh, a show that I had been trying to get made for 15 years uh, finally got made and we were nominated for, I think, 19 Emmys. And we won it's three City, right? it's called us uh, city on Amazon. Prime. And, you know, I, I don't say that stuff to impress no. people. I say press upon you what is possible when you're willing to take action in the right direction. Well, I, I want to. We're impressed, though. We are impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, you know, we don't acknowledge the importance of small steps, um, which are huge steps yeah. for some people. Being a kid yeah. and learning how to read for the first time is a, you know, for, for the general kid, for, not for a kid, maybe well, a kid who has dys dyslexia, it's even harder, right? But that idea of like, we look at that as adults and go, yeah, we all learned how to read, right? But as a kid, how daunting yeah. is that thing that me, maybe we perceive as such a small thing now, I don't think we do, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, or learning to tie your shoes is, is for a little child is huge. So if we take that idea that it's a small thing, but it's a big thing to us, you know, that's what, I don't know. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things I talk about is the concept of Kaizen. And for those people that don't know what Kaizen is, it was a Japanese philosophy that was developed basically as a way of um, reanimating the post-World War II industrial complex for Japan after it had been completely decimated, you know, by the war. And ironically, it was spearheaded by General Douglas MacArthur and a guy named Edward Deming. Okay, enough history. The, 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 the philosophy of Kaizen is that basically small incremental consistent improvement over the long haul has the greatest results, more effective than the grip it and rip it strategy. Now, there's definitely a time when, you know, you got to go cold turkey on yeah. something or you got to swing fences. But statistically, it, it seems that it bears out that making small incremental, you know, it's, it's the tortoise in the hair, that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. it's, I think it's true. I, I talk about that. I talk about how to just consistently be improving in multiple areas of your life. And over the course of 30 days, you look back and go, wow, I've made some, you know, you don't necessarily see progress in the gym the first week or the yeah. second week, but you know, you wake up one day and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm down 15 right. pounds. You know, right. you know, it, it really is the ability to just be consistent, I think, in everything in, 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 in life. That's beautiful. Um, we, we have questions from fans of our show for you. Let's it's, do it. It's a, it's a segment we call $2, six questions and uh, it's rapid fire. Okay. But one, the first question is from our a good friend of the show, Lee Germaney. Uh, he wanted to know about the TV show Werewolf that you did a small stint oh, on back wow. in the day. We are yeah. big fans of okay. Werewolf, a very underrated TV show. So, yeah, I agree. So, so Werewolf is such a weird thing for me because there were so many intersections of, of my career that happened on that. So the first one was this. So I was a guest star on uh, Werewolf. It was the first professional television job I ever had. The star of Werewolf was John J. York, who plays uh, uh, Max Scorpio on General Hospital. So I would later go on to work extensively with him. The other 
One of the other co-stars, the female co-star, was a girl named Cammie Cooper, who was my character, A.J. Quartermain's girlfriend on General Hospital. The <laughs> other co-star was a guy named Mark Sussman, whose best friend was Billy Zabka. And Billy came to the set. So I actually oh, I just, wild. Posted, just posted a picture on uh, Instagram of, of the day Billy and I met, which was about 1988, I think. And it was before I ever started or even thought about Karate Kid 3, I wow. met Billy. And so Werewolf had all of these crazy um, things that would come to play later in my life. That's rad. That is so cool. I love that show, by the way. Yeah, was, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic. Uh, our next question comes from David Ullman, who says, so in Karate Kid 3, you play Mike Barnes. Um, you, you show a lot of... Uh, sort of dark intimidation towards uh, Jessica Andrews, who's played by Robin Lively. When you saw other actors returning from the Karate Kid series during the first few Cobra Kai seasons, did you have any reservations about reprising your role as such a malevolent character, being being so bad? When when the big three approached me and said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna bring you on," they were they were really wonderful. We had a a Zoom meeting. It was me and Josh Held and uh, John Hurwitz. Um, Hayden wasn't available and we were talking about it and, you know, they wanted to know my thoughts. And I mean, I was so humbled by the fact that these guys that have created this juggernaut had any interest in what I had to say. I mean, they certainly don't need Sean Kanan to tell them how to do their show. Um, and I, I said to him, Hey, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I'll do whatever. And if, if it's being a bad guy, I'll be the best bad guy there is, <laughs> but love him not to be this one dimensional thug that yes. he was in the film. And that was very much what they wanted in the film, believe me. Um, you can see that, said, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, all things being equal, it's 30 some years later, whether he has um, evolved into a worse human being or a better human being, over 30 years, there's change in everyone. And I, I, I just want my participation to reflect that. And then I said, the other thing is, you know, at the heart of, uh, Cobra Kai is humor. I mean, it's a really yeah. funny show. You know, I do stand up. I, I love comedy. And I was like, I really want to have the opportunity to, you know, find some moments where, where this guy is, is funny. And, and yeah. they, they really were cognizant of that. And there's a couple great moments, I think, where Mike Barnes is really funny when he's interacting with Chosen and, you know, selling him the couch. <sighs> I see you liking that tufted blue suede. Mmm, comfy. Mm. How much? Well, it's normally twelve hundred, but what the hell? For you, two grand. You know, a lot of people said, "Wow, we wish you would have been in more of it." And some of that was a, a factor that I was also filming *Bold and Beautiful* at the same time. Mm. So scheduling was difficult. But I mean, I just feel like there was so much packed into you know what they gave me to do that I'm just really appreciative that. I had the opportunity to be a part yeah, of it. That's so rad. And, and sometimes you want, that's what you want. You don't want to wear out the character. You want to yeah. always leave one more. Go. There you go. Yep. Never work with children and animals and never follow a better <laughs> Um, I had posted a picture on our $2 Lafey Instagram of the poster Rich Girl. 1991. Oh my God. And I have a question for yeah. you because you have an epic fight scene with Don Michael Paul in that movie. <laughs> Uh, any fond memories of working on that film? Um, well, first of all, um, Paul Gleason, who played uh, the teacher in Breakfast yeah. Club, was in it. So I was just yeah. jacked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like 
speaking my lingo, like Breakfast Club, St. Elmo's right. Fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just really kind of starstruck. Um, um, you know, it was great working with Don Michael Paul. I mean, it was, a, you know, it, it was really fun. It was a lot of young people. We were filming in clubs and things like that. And um, it, it was a really fun experience. Um, it, it was, you know, not a great film, but um, hey, but it was a lot of fun. That's relatively speaking, you know. <laughs> got to work with Cherie Curry from Cherie Curry and the Runaways. I mean, yeah. there were some kind of, kind of cool things going on in the film. So it was a great experience. That movie may come back up on our on our show, by the way. Just FYI, Uh-oh. if we have Jill Sholin on our show, so <laughs> no idea what Jill Sholin's up to. And doing, she's like doing a Scream Queens cooking show. Okay, you have the connection well, with cooking, so there you go. <laughs> all right, maybe we can facilitate that. Oh, maybe Get we'll you. have a little reunion. I love Rich girl, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question from David: Do you have uh, any particular um, Pat Morita memory that you like to share? You know, I get asked that a lot. Um, oh, then we for, then forget it. Yeah, forget I, it. I don't want to <laughs> take, <laughs> we take it back. No, no for okay. me, Pat Morita was, uh, before he was Mr. Miyagi, he was Arnold. Yeah, dude. You know, happy, happy days. days. I mean, so I was really excited. A very warm guy, funny. I mean, you know, the thing about it is that when I was doing Karate Kid 3, you know, I was very much an unknown, unproven commodity. And because of that, the producers were not... You know, they were they were like it was a wait and see thing whether or not I was going to be able to pull it off. And so there wasn't a lot of room for screwing around. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, you know, fun was not the first thing that was on everyone's mind. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, I, I wound up getting severely injured on the film and that, you know, kind of heightened the seriousness of everything once I got back. So, um, you know, he, he, he was very funny. And he was very warm. That's that's probably about the only thing that I could say. I don't I don't have any any. I, there's there's one thing I wish I had in front of me. I have a great picture of me and Pat Morita, and then right behind Pat is is my martial arts instructor Fumio Demera, dressed in full makeup like Pat Morita because he was his stunt double. So you're literally seeing <laughs> oh, Pat that's Mar- cool. Oh, cool. I will I will throw something out to you if you're interested. So Pat Morita did a pilot, a television pilot called Young Guy. Young Guy Christian with Barry Bostwick and Shelley Long in 1979. You can watch wow. the pilot on YouTube. It is bonkers. Uh, it's Barry Bostwick at his, at his cheesiest in a good way. Yeah, uh, he yeah, has literally yeah. a tango fight scene at the end of the movie, which is insane. But Pat Morita is so funny in it. So, you know, just yeah, want to put that out there too. Uh, I remember Pat did a movie with uh, Jay Leno. Yes. Uh, Collision, oh, course. Right. Collision Course. Yeah. Was it, was it a movie or was it it's a, a movie. TV show? It's a movie. Pat Morita jump kicks through a windshield, like a, <laughs> a car driving like 70 miles an hour, jump kicks through the windshield. It's insane. Mr. Miyagi. Right? <laughs> I got one more question on my end. Um, it's yeah. from Aaron Dawn, friend of the show, fan of the show. What's the most romantic thing you've ever done for someone and probably your wife? It should be, I think. <laughs> well, don't, you know, don't put words in his mouth. Let him so I, I think- I think I think I think I get two things come to mind right away. Um, one of them is for our seventh anniversary. I I wrote a poem for. Her. Basically, the poem is about how you know we've all heard about the seven year itch. You know how how you know people say it's seven years. You know our fires burning brighter than ever at home. And then I got it. I got it done in calligraphy and had it framed. Oh, to that's nice. And then and then our our, our wedding was in. Uh, was in Italy at a, a, a beautiful 
boutique hotel overlooking the Mediterranean. Oh. Uh, owned by mine, and, and that that was pretty that was pretty romantic. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, nice. That's great. And, and we got Valentine's Day tomorrow, so. Hopefully I won't screw that up. I'm just going to yeah. put it out there. It is a Hallmark holiday. So you should be celebrating yeah. Valentine's Day every day except for Valentine's Day. Exactly. I, I well, you know. I yeah, know. That, that, that would go over too well. See, but like I'm a big proponent <laughs> now of technology. Like yesterday, I get on I get on Postmates. I get the Valentine's Day dinner ordered. I got the flowers coming today. They're coming any minute. Like I just, I got everything taken care of. You know, I, I get to now just sort of sit back and, you know, reap the benefits. <laughs> I nice. I love, nice. It. I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, so last question. It's, it's less of a question than more of a, a comment. Uh, this is from uh, Zach in Santa Monica. He just wanted to thank you for the gentleman's guide to sexting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you got it, Zach. Let's put it out for you, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, in the, uh, the modern gentleman, there's a, uh, um, there's a section about uh, sexting. And, it's titled uh, dating, first of all, but then you get into it, yes, and yeah, 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 about how to how to do it appropriately. So, um, is that what kind of led to the Valentine's Day, like the <laughs> that set the stage for romance? Um, <laughs> Not to get well, you know, there's a lot of stuff in my book, uh, uh, my first book, which was the Modern Gentleman Cooking and Entertaining with Sean Cannon. Yeah, I think there's some good ideas in there yeah. for uh, you know. Uh, how to keep your marriage going or your relationship going and uh, you know, how, how for guys to be the best version of themselves and for women to have a little insight into, I think at least how this guy thinks. And, you know, I don't think I'm that different. A lot of guys. No, I think that's great. I think it's great. And I, I again, love that you're using your platform. People are taking it from you that might not listen to it otherwise. Right. I think so too. Think you know, I, I, a lot of the advice in the book, in, in all the books is, is stuff I wish that, you know, someone had given me earlier on, but you know, here's the reality. They probably did. And I probably wasn't listening. Right. Right. Sean. So Sean, anyway. are you currently, uh, currently, what are you working on? Are you, did you finish the uh, welcome to the Kumite? Or are you working on another book or what's going on? Yeah. Welcome to the, I, you know, I should have had, a, I should have had a copy of it right here. So, yeah. This is, Welcome to the Kumite is is out and yes. available and all. Oh, that's awesome! Um, cool. So, what am I working on? Now? Uh, you can catch me on CBS every day, Monday through Friday, on the Bold and the Beautiful, which is the most watched show in daytime in the world. Mm -hmm. and uh, what else? Uh, Studio City just got thirteen or fourteen nominations for the Indie Series Awards. You can watch Studio City on Amazon Prime. Um, probably going to be taking out the garbage and, and cleaning up around here. Uh, <laughs> so that's what you can find me doing. Uh, and you can find Rich Girl on YouTube, I believe. <clears throat> you, you can or, or you don't have to. Uh, you know. <laughs> come on it's see one of the aspects of our show is like nostalgia is a beautiful thing nostalgia is also at one hell of a drug where people go back oh, and like oh i remember this so fondly and then you watch it again you're like oh it's a, it has its moments well speaking of nostalgia you can also uh you can also find me on season five of cobra kai on netflix yeah no doubt selling yeah, couches of course. no no selling couches <laughs> kicking ass Kicking, uh, that's a great tagline <laughs> sean if uh i hope our paths cross again and maybe we can have you in the studio i would love that 
um, you know, find me when you're ready and we'll make sure we can great. work it out. Okay. Love it. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much. I really, I really enjoyed Likewise. talking. Likewise. Thank you Same again. Here. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it five star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating on iTunes. We really. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFee Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. Hey! Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 